This is your Sussex County chiropractor, Dr. Will Holdsworth from Pain Relief Chiropractic, and this podcast is titled Treatment on the Wrist for Carpal Tunnel Syndrome. When treating patients with carpal tunnel syndrome, doctors of chiropractic can employ a variety of options to reduce pressure on the median nerve. While this can include dietary recommendations to reduce inflammation, adjustments to address dysfunction elsewhere along the course of the median nerve or even working with other healthcare providers to manage conditions that contribute to carpal tunnel syndrome like diabetes, treatment will often focus on the wrist itself. One such approach is referred to as neurodynamic techniques or mobilization. In a study involving 103 patients with mild to moderate carpal tunnel syndrome, those who received treatment twice a week for 10 weeks experienced greater improvements with respect to pain reduction, symptom severity, functional status, and nerve function than participants in a control group who received no treatment. The authors concluded, the use of neurodynamic techniques in conservative treatment for mild to moderate forms of carpal tunnel syndrome has significant therapeutic benefits. This finding is supported by two previous studies that found the use of manual therapies on the wrist can alter the shape of the carpal tunnel itself and allow more room for the tendons, blood vessels, and the median nerve. Additionally, studies show that when the wrist moves beyond a neutral position, it can alter the shape of the carpal tunnel and increase pressure on its contents. In a healthy wrist, full extension flexion can double the pressure in the carpal tunnel. However, for carpal tunnel syndrome patients, the pressure can increase as much as 600%. That's why many treatment guidelines recommend wearing a wrist splint, especially at night, and modifying work and life activities to keep the wrist at a neutral position as much as possible. The good news is that in most cases of carpal tunnel syndrome, patients will benefit from a conservative treatment approach. However, achieving a successful outcome can be more difficult if the patient delays treatment. That's why it's important to consult with your doctor of chiropractic when you experience the signs and symptoms associated with carpal tunnel syndrome, which would include pain, numbness, tingling, or weakness in the hands or fingers sooner rather than later. So thanks for listening to this podcast. This is your Sussex County chiropractor, Dr. Will Holdsworth from Pain Relief Chiropractic. This is your Sussex County chiropractor. Dr. Will Holdsworth from Pain Relief Chiropractic, and this podcast is titled Whiplash and Mid-Back Pain. How can this happen? Research regarding whiplash or whiplash-associated disorders classically focuses on neck pain. However, the data show acute thoracic spine or mid-back pain occurs in 66% of whiplash-associated disorder injuries, with 23% still complaining of mid-back pain at one year post-injury. It's easy to visualize how the cervical spine or neck can be injured in an automobile collision or sports-related collision or a fall, as the head, which weighs an average of 12 pounds, whips back and forth in a crack-the-whip-like manner, often well beyond the normal physiological range of motion. This same stretching, which is eccentric loading, followed by compression, which is the concentric loading factor, also occurs in the mid-back, which can injure ligaments, joint capsules, neural structures, and more. Also, the thoracic spine contributes to 33% of flexion and 21% of rotation 
in the neck, making the mid-back a vital spinal region that facilitates neck movement and function. In whiplash-associated disorder cases, mid-back pain often hides in the shadows of a more obvious and often more serious neck injury as the brain typically perceives pain from the greatest source. Additionally, the neuronal Additionally, the neuronal input to the sensory cortex of the brain, which is the area of the brain that perceives pain, is most highly represented from the head, hands, and feet, and less from the mid-back or torso. The seatbelt may also contribute to injury, both to the anterior chest region, including the ribcage, sternum, breast tissue, abdominal organs, as well as to the mid-back. The oblique angle of the chest restraint is an important factor when discussing the mechanism of injury as it causes trunk or torso rotation during the rebound or flexion phase of whiplash-associated disorder. Another mechanism of injury includes blunt trauma, of which the drama <laughs> Another mechanism of injury includes blunt trauma, of which the driver is especially at risk due to the close proximity of the steering wheel and the chest. This can lead to contusion or bruising, fracture, and or injury to the abdominal and or chest organs like the heart and the lungs. Obviously, the speed of impact, angle of collision, bracing of the person or lack thereof, and overall physical condition of the patient can greatly affect the outcome of whiplash-associated disorder-related injuries. The importance of assessing the whole person is essential in obtaining an accurate diagnosis and establishing a comprehensive treatment plan for the whiplash-associated disorder patient. Chiropractic management focuses on the entire person, frequently uncovering complaints in other spinal regions as well as in the extremities in whiplash-associated disorder-related injury patients. Moreover, treating postural issues such as a short leg, ankle pronation, oblique pelvis, forward head posture, protracted shoulders, and more is vitally important in obtaining satisfying patient outcomes. So thanks for listening to this podcast. This is your Sussex County chiropractor, Dr. Will Holdsworth from Pain Relief Chiropractic.